0: So welcome to the Strange On Purpose podcast. Welcome to the Strange On Purpose podcast. I'm Izzy. Let's get rolling. Welcome to the Strange On Purpose podcast. Today I am super, super excited to have on my guest. Uh, His name's Don and he works at Foot Locker. And he's doing so many dope things at Foot Locker, but I really want to focus on how he got to his role at Foot Locker and the steps and maybe the missteps that that came along with that journey. So without further ado, Don, thanks for jumping on.
1: My guy, what up, though? Thanks for having me, bro. Appreciate it. Really appreciate you having me on here, man. Excited to chop it up with you, you know, throw out some game to those who need it, you know, (laughs) talk about the story a little bit, man. Glad to be here.
0: Your, your story is incredible and I'm like gushing at the the opportunity to kind of tell it on the podcast. So um, I think where we're going to start here is if anybody that is listening doesn't know who Don is, do you want to give a brief intro as to who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, so I'm Don Dudley, uh, race in Detroit, West Side. What up, Bill? Uh, Yeah, I'm the marketing (laughs) director for uh, Foot Locker, what we call our central geo region. Uh, So I pretty much oversee uh, localized marketing efforts and community efforts in uh, Detroit, Chicago, Dallas and Houston. Uh, So the role entails a lot of uh, social media, entails a lot of uh, give back opportunities and finding ways to stay connected to uh, our community is in a really authentic and uh, and real way um but also doing things you know that are still product focused and apparel focused release day focused as well so it's a really all encompassing uh role that I'm you know really really lucky to have.
0: Shout out to Alexis for making the intro former guest uh, Alexis stole sigliano. I said your last name right, so uh you should shout me out if you listen to this but i'm I'm super excited because there's your, your journey has, uh, a bit of obviously like the corporate environment, but then also that creative, that, that freelance creative in a sense. So obviously you didn't just get this role at Foot Locker. How, tell me about that journey. Like how, how what were the stepping stones to get you there?
1: Yeah, man, for sure. So I guess I'll start off by saying like, um, I guess it's not. Some people don't think it's cool to say that you a sneakerhead no more or whatever. <laughs> I'm I'm one for sure. I've always been, you know, really into footwear, uh, really into sneakers for a really long time. Um, you know, I remember I might be showing my age, man, but I remember when the the internet kind of exploded with like sneaker blogs and and boutiques, and it kind of really opened up the world to me um, of footwear. You know, being from Detroit, we didn't really have. Um, I'm not gonna say we didn't have a sneaker culture, but it wasn't, it didn't get the attention or the view that you would see in some of the other cities, right? Uh, you know, so we had a couple boutiques. We had, you know, people who, you know, were known for for their footwear, but, you know, we didn't have the same kind of like pool that these other cities do when, like New York and LA when it comes to, to fashion, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so <clears throat> initially, man, I, I started off really working in the stores. You know, I was a sales associate at Finish Line, actually um it was my second job my first job was at wendy's <laughs> i flipped <laughs> burgers i made sandwiches bro i did whatever but i was doing it so i could get kicks you know yep. um and uh ironically one of the dudes i worked with at um finish line he had the second job he worked at the mall he uh so he worked he worked at wendy's with me his second job was finish line and uh, i remember going to the mall because i would go literally every weekend even if I couldn't buy nothing, I went for more like product knowledge. I would just go to see all the new shoes that were out, like everything from Jordan releases to Air Force Ones to uh, Flight Condors, all these different things. Like I was really into retro basketball. Um, and I saw him there one day and I was like, bro, you work here? Put me on. How <laughs> How do you work in a shoe store? I wanted a sneaker gig so bad. And he, he pointed out the manager to me and he was just like, yeah, you got to talk to the store manager, whoop-de-woo. And, you know, I went up there every weekend until he gave me a job. Well, until he gave me an interview, <laughs> then I got it because I didn't have any experience at that point, you know. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I really I took it really serious, though. You know, I was really fortunate to um, to have that position, even though I was, you know, at the associate level. Um, I, I learned a lot about uh, the sneaker culture. I learned a lot about the product. You know, I was around I was around it all the time. I was working at Fairlane Mall in, uh, in Dearborn, Michigan. Uh, You know, so it was like I was surrounded by it daily, you know, Um, and it was it was really dope to me. I knew it was something that I wanted to grow and expand Uh, and I worked my way through through management, you know, I've I've managed different locations and stores. I was a stock guy. I've done literally every position. You know, um, one thing my pops told me when I was younger, he was like, you know, whatever job you get, try to learn everything that you can there uh you know one just so like you you created more value for yourself right but also like you're able to discuss and and talk to these different people within the company because you you understand all the jobs that are are there right um so i took that mentality with me every position or job that i've had since you know um and you know as i was working through there i was you know i i started to create t-shirts right like my my name on instagram is Dawn, but um that's because I had a clothing brand when I was younger called Stay Laced right and the whole concept behind the brand was like hey you know you don't have to dress like a mannequin you know you can you know you don't have to wear the Jordan shirt and the Jordan shoes you just bought kind of thing you can wear uh, I would make shirts that match the colors of popular releases without Mm. them being corny right <laughs> was the goal right so it was like cool if you want to wear playoff ace that's sweet but you don't have to wear a shirt that has a playoff eight on it you know kind of thing to match yeah. it kind of thing right um <clears throat> and what i was doing that i started to uh really get into the design side of it in a sense of like yo i actually really like um producing apparel and i really like doing photo shoots and featuring you know um my product within it i thought that was fun you know but this was before social media got really really big right you know, so it wasn't like that much of a land for it just yet, you know. Um, <clears throat> so as I was doing that, I uh, I started to sell my tees at like sneaker conventions, right? So at this time, Sneakercon didn't come to Detroit yet. They've only been to Detroit like once. So I had to go to Ohio or Chicago or New York when I wanted to go visit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or go, you know, to actually one of these conventions. And um, that was the first time I like really like Put myself out there as like a creative or a designer in a way that wasn't just for like work and uh you know i ended up going and seeing like all of these brands that i knew from like instagram like uh original roughnecks and bobby fresh like brands who like have been making like t-shirts for sneaky releases for like a really long time and they had these like amazing displays bro like they would have like six tables and banners and tablecloths i had like my shirts and like a table just one thing you know just like one thing on my table right like man i was super underprepared, you know but um either way my designs were good and people bought them you know i was like shocked i was like wow people are actually interested in buying something i made outside of you know even though i'm standing next to these like major brands at the time you know yeah <clears throat> you know so it was really inspiring I actually got cool with one of the guys from uh, roughneck his name is Ruben um he came to my table and he was like hey bro like this is this your brand and I was like yeah and he was like this is dope you know what I'm saying and I appreciated him because I'm like yo he's like one of the biggest vendors here and he took the time out before the show started to come check my space out you know he yeah. wasn't like hey, then like who's this kid trying to like you know horn in on my t-shirt business <laughs> you know kind of thing he was like yo like this is dope you know what I'm saying like keep going you'll get better you know and it was like you know, I got to a point where I would see him every time I went to a sneaker convention, and I got better at designing every time. My presentation got better every time, and I just really like took that with me. Um, and you know, fast forward, you know, I was in school, um, and I didn't. Uh, I was actually in school for mechanical engineering, bro. Um, really? Yeah. Where I did, I did that come from? For like marketing or design or nothing like that. Um, and while I was in school, I was realizing like, man, I was doing uh the stuff I enjoyed on nights and weekends you know so I was like I was designing apparel you know I was managing my own social media page um I started curating sneaker events in the city of Detroit uh, again since we didn't have our own like big conventions like SneakerCon or ComplexCon con come into the city I was like yo I want to do something put my own spin to it you know um mm-hmm. and I got a little I got known a bit from just you know what I was doing where I worked people I knew so I started, like, a um, open mic, like, hip-hop night that uh, I would do at sneaker boutiques here. So, like, Bob's Classic Kicks um, in Midtown Detroit it was, like, one of the first spots to, like, allow me enter their space to host an event. And we had this one that's at a sneaker store, which is dope. Then it's was, like, two. There was sneaker art on display. There was uh, hip-hop performances, poetry performances. Um, you know, we had vendors selling product. It was, like, a really cool version of, like, my idea of what sneaker con could be and you know i saw a lot of success in doing that it was funny got to the point where other people were asking me you know how could they perform at the next one when's the next one kind of thing and i was like yo this is dope you know but again i had to go back to work you know um yeah and i just got kind of you know tired of working on like the retail side of things because you know at this time at this point i've been doing it for you know five plus years different positions different locations right but i was like man i don't want to I didn't want to stay on this side of the business anymore. You know, the next step for me would have been to be like a a retail like district manager. And I'm just like, dude, I really don't want to do that. And even though I'm doing really well in school, I don't really want to be an engineer either. You know, like I just I'm good at math and science and I know that you can make a lot of money. Um, I'm interested in the the science behind it. But I asked myself, is this something I wanted to do for the next 40 plus years of my life? Um, and the answer was, no, I didn't want to do it. I didn't care how much I was making. I knew I wanted to make a transition into um, doing something marketing related, doing something social media related. Um, <clears throat> so at that time, I was like, yo, you know, I'm going to you know, run up my graphic design skills more. Um, I went to Wayne State for a little while. I went to Western Michigan University for a little while. And um, they wouldn't let me switch my major to art, right? They was like, oh, you can't take graphic design classes unless you get accepted into the College of Art. And I'm like, huh. how can I get into the College of Art if I've never had an art class to do a portfolio, you know, kind of thing? Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> that's what this is for, for y'all to teach me, right? You know, like, I couldn't even take a class to see if I was interested. So I, um, what I did was I took classes, design classes out of pocket at the uh, Kalamazoo Institute of Art. Um, so it would be just me and, like old white ladies on the weekend who didn't have (laughs) nothing else to do you know just kind of hanging out they were you know so i'll be the only like young black kid in the class learning like basic drawing techniques and stuff like that but i wanted to like invest into the skills i felt i really needed to grow uh so it was cool you know it was dope you know i went um like every weekend for like a whole summer until i got better and um you know so when i went back to wayne state um, I was able to change my major to graphic design, but I was like, "Yo, I'm still not really feeling uh, school particularly." It kind of was in the way of what I was doing, and I always tell people education is super important. I never tell people not to, but I do thoroughly believe that it's not for everybody. If you're able to, uh, if you're able to maneuver your experience in a way, you know, that is beneficial for you. Um, a lot of times, school teaches you things in theory that you don't have a lot of practical. Experience for, then you graduate and it's you plus a thousand other kids who graduated with your same major, but Mm -hmm. no real world experience. Then you get into the career world and it's like, hey, okay, you want this entry level job, you need to have five years of experience or X amount of time. It's like, yo, you just graduated, right? Like five years ago, you was a kid. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like you just got (laughs) out of high school. You know, how could you possibly, right? It's it's interesting. Yeah. It's
0: interesting because I, uh, I went to i obviously i got my degree at cardinal Stritch university up here in milwaukee uh-huh. and i was always like everybody kind of poked fun at me because they're like damn Izzy, like you're doing all these internships but you keep getting c's and b's and i was like i don't know why but i feel like i'm going to be the the one person that comes out of this okay because i I'm not just focused on my grades, but school tells you that you need to go get those A's and those B's and focus all your time on school where, and my advisor was telling me, Izzy, you like as a freshman, don't get get a internship because it doesn't do anything for you. And when I was applying for jobs my senior year of college, they're like, Mm -hmm. wow, you did internships all the way back from your freshman year. It shows that you're committed. Exactly. So it's just it's just crazy how like people can can take those experiences and it could be like, like you said, it's education, I, I think it needs to be disrupted a little bit. And it's been like that for years. But we're just at a point where we're like, okay, who yeah. who can take education and run with it? And who can take education and kind of uh, take what's needed and kind of maybe not need that degree, but still have a a, a great career?
1: Yeah, and to the point that you you just said, man, like it has to be disrupted. Like I agree completely. Um, you know, I think the 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 style of learning that's set up is 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 not preparing you. So it's like it's you have to do something one to set yourself apart, whether that's a, a lower position or a, a internship, just something where you're learning like the practical skills and experience. So when you do get into that career world where you're applying for these jobs it's like yo they can look at it they're not going to ask you for your report card Mm -hmm. you know they want to know that you can do the job right they're investing their time and resources and money into you so it's like yo can you do this you know and that's why you see a lot of jobs switching more to um the model of like you know x amount of time in school or relevant experience you know because they understand it's like well not everybody but a lot of companies are starting to understand like yo it's levels to this and you know, people are coming with different experience levels, uh, you know, but what you really want is people who can do the job, you know, so it's it's, it's interesting for sure, you know, so me myself, I, I've actually never finished school, I just started working, right, um, and again, a lot of my experience is built from just me doing, kind of taking chances and just doing my own thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, um, you know, after I left finish line, there was like a, uh a sneaker boutique that opened uh downtown Detroit it's called Nojo Kicks um and I was super excited you know I knew some of the dudes who worked there and it was like you know one of the like newer things that was coming to the city which was like really really hype for me um <clears throat> and I was like man like I definitely want to get a gig there but i like to work at a sneaker boutique that's crazy and uh you know one of my homies ended up sending me uh, position, he was like, yo, they hiring, you know, you know, for like, you know, for like a sales associate. And at this time I'm literally like managing my own locations with like finish line stuff, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I'm like, man, you know, do I want to take a pay cut just to go work at a boutique when I'm making money here, I'm making bonuses, I'm I'm doing straight, you know. Um, <clears throat> but I was like, I'm going I'm gonna get in there and not just be an associate though. I'm gonna get in there and like show them everything that I can do you know so instead of just applying you know i had prepared like a presentation to show them like yo like i could also do digital photography i can manage your social media page i can help with buying and product you know what i'm saying i made i made it very clear that i had more value than what they may have just been looking for at the time you know
0: right
1: <clears throat> um and you know i took a pay cut to go there you know just so i could say like yo i, I was able to but when i went there i was able to do so much more i was able to do social media managing i was able to do photography i was able to host events you know and i was able to like really lay down the foundation of what became even more experienced for me um <clears throat> you know so I, I took that position um and it was dope you know then it was like yo that was also the first year that SneakerCon came to detroit you know so you know i was able to like really manage our whole uh, pop up at sneaker con, right? So, you know, how it's like vendors and different people there, whatever. Like, I was able to help create a whole product line, uh, do the photo shoot for it, market it, um, launch it at this event, you know what I'm saying? And then we were able to sell out of a lot of that product, yeah. you know. So, I had, you know, it's like, oh, sweet, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was able to do it, you know. Um, and I, you know, that was, I think that was a big moment because after that, I just had this portfolio of work, you know, that just showed that. It showed what I wanted to do in the sneaker industry, even if it wasn't necessarily uh, a job yet, like even the job that I have now, this company has only had for like two years. Yeah. So it was like at that time, it wasn't a whole lot of marketing positions and it definitely wasn't in Detroit. Right. You know, it was in like, you know, New York, L.A., Chicago, other cities, you know. um, you know, so I was I was still working, you know, but again, I had to take a pay cut, right? So I wasn't really making, you know, the money that I felt I should be making at the time, comparative to, to like the work and the value I was putting in. You know, so I was like, yo, I need to, I need to do more. I need to do something else. You know, so I, I had my things I was doing on the side, and um myself and a friend of mine, our business partner, his name is uh Clue Clue Three One Three on Instagram. Shout out to bro. Um you know, we had decided uh, to start uh, an apparel line together. Uh, Just creating merch, you know, so not like a full clothing line, just like creating things we wanted to see out there. So it could be something as simple as a t-shirt, it could be a limited edition hoodie that we only make 20 of, just, you know, just using our creativity to make things we wanted to see in the market. But it was like, bro, we can't just pop out with a clothing line. We need to build something up first, you know. Um, So we started a a sneaker blog, um, and literally like a month in of us starting that blog, <clears throat> we got contacted by Nike. Um, hmm. They were coming to Detroit to visit uh, StockX at the time, because it was StockX was like really really new then, and like I'm sure you know, but like StockX headquarters is in Detroit, right? Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so it was really really new at the time, and they was like, "Yo, you know, we're we're doing some consulting with just different." Um, you know, uh, people in the culture, you know, kind of thing. We would love to, like, just kind of chop it up with you guys, right? You know, so we ended up going to dinner with them and, and hanging out with them for, like, an evening. And they were like, man, like, you know, the feedback that you gave us, they did talk to us about some different projects, um, you know, that were kind of coming up some things that I've actually seen come to life over the last few years. And they were like, yo, like, you guys should come to Portland. You guys should come out and, like, spend, like, a week at the campus, you know? and I was like, "What say less." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like I'm there. Like, just let me know when, you know. Um and it was, you know, so I got to spend like a week out there, you know, oh, yeah. and we got to um visit a lot of their businesses, uh their I'm sorry, a lot of their buildings on campus, which is this Nike archives It's it's a a complete rich history there of the sneaker game as you can imagine. Like it's literally a campus, dude, you know. Um going through some of like their design labs and you know we were able to like design our own like air force one and stuff it was like really dope you know we just spent a a little while out there consulting on some projects um you know so again i was still doing you know these (laughs) cool things on like nights and weekends that wasn't like my my job exactly lit you know what i'm saying yeah
0: um
1: and you know i eventually i was working um I had left uh, Nojo to take like a higher paying position, like somewhere else still kind of in retail and again, wasn't really happy, you know, so I was like, man, I need to, I was just applying for stuff to kind of just get out of the situation I was in, you know, and I got to a point where I was like, yo, I need to apply to less things and focus more on like where I really want to go. I knew I wanted to be in marketing. I know I wanted to be in the sneaker streetwear field. Um, Mm -hmm. and I knew I had the resources and the, 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 the experience to do so, you know? So I was like, you know what, when I switched my mindset to that, literally I'm a person who like hates LinkedIn. I don't, I'm not good at it. I just, I'm just not good at keeping up with it. It's like business Facebook to me. But, um, you know, (laughs) when I switched my mindset to that though, it was like, yo, like the position I have with Foot Locker, like literally like appeared, it came up. Um, and I was reading it and I was like, yo, like community marketing manager, I was reading about, um, you know, what the position entailed, what I would get to do. And when I read it, I was like, yo, like that's me, like, there's no one else who can, who, there's no one else who can do this. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But me, like for sure. I knew it was for me. Um, you know, cause I, I have a lot of, um, investment in Detroit. I care a lot about the city and I was in a position where I could give back to it, um, through, uh code drives, back to school drives, community give back, you know, I was also able to put on a lot of my peers, um, you know, who are creatives in the city, it was perfect, you know, yeah. um, while still working in the sneaker space. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I really just worked, right. I just really just like did did the job, you know, um, killed it, you know, like pushed the boundaries, pushed back when I I felt like something wasn't right, you know, kind of thing. And, I, you know, created a good name for myself and, um, In November is when I was actually promoted, right, uh, from a marketing manager for specifically to Detroit to being a director for this whole geo, you know, so now I'm really fortunate to be in a position where I can put other like minded people into the position that I had, you know, um, of being a community marketing manager, you know, so it's something I'm really grateful about and excited about, you know, being able to meet other really passionate people, man and who care about their city Who care about the culture and are excited to just build it, you know? So that's really how I got here, man. So it wasn't (laughs) a straight line. It wasn't easy. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of failure, you know, but you know, it's, it's, it's gotta be just as much effort.
0: So take me, I'm going to backtrack a little bit to the mechanical engineering Don, yeah (laughs) you're obviously you you mentioned that you're at this point very strong in math and science but where what really pushed you to to study mechanical engineering
1: so one i was good at school right then detroit is like motor city you know yeah so i have a passion for cars for sure right you know then also um i go to the auto show every year when it came to detroit so, it wasn't for off that my passion for, you know, cars and engineering would align. It was more so something I would, I just enjoyed, but didn't really want to do for a living. Yeah. Right? I had a class, bro, it was called Plastics. And mm. <laughs> uh, the goal of that course was that you should be able to look at anything made of plastic. And I should be able to tell you what it's made out of, like the, the chemical breakdown of it. Right? <clears throat> and I was like, why the? Why would I want why would I wanna do that? Like it's <laughs> it is kind of interesting, right? But it's also like, yeah, like I'm I'm straight. That's not what I want to do. I'm much more interested in, you know, I would be at the College of Engineering and I would go past a class where they were doing like um uh, screen printing, you know, or, or, or something that wasn't necessarily super creative, but it had a creative side to it. Like there was yeah. some design involved, right? And I'm like, yo, like that's, that interests me more. That's cool. You know, then also it's like, I would be not saying that there are no engineers who are like fresh right but i'll be like one of the only kids walking around there with jordans on or you know these sneakers you know those memes where it's like it's like somebody at a party and it's like they don't know i'm wearing like whatever kind of thing (laughs) it it would be like that i'll be like these people don't even know what's happening right now (laughs) (laughs) you know but i knew i had that passion dude for something else and i just had to find a way for it to align so that it wasn't Uh, you know, it wasn't just a hobby for me. It was something I could make into a lifestyle.
0: That's super dope. I love that. You also, so you also mentioned through this role, you're, you have the ability and you're, you're putting people on for their communities now. So when we talk about Detroit, what's like to somebody that's never visited Detroit, what's so beautiful? about Detroit in your eyes? Uh,
1: For me, it's the history of it. You know, um, Detroit is a really rich, has a really rich history of black culture, of music, of art. And it would be something that I was immersed in. You know, I would go to art gallery opens. I'm going to poetry nights. I'm going to, you know, all these different like cultural events in the city. And, you know, I didn't feel like Detroit got the same love that the other cities do. You know, it's like, yo, there's an art scene here too. There's a sneaker culture here as well. And the people just need that same platform, you know, to be elevated on, you know? So being a part of that and seeing that grow has always been really important to me. And I'm really proud of, you know, being able to contribute to the culture in a really genuine way, you know? So when I see people from my city winning, I, am excited to put them on, you know, I'm excited to champion them, you know, kind of because I understand that, you know, one thing I say almost every morning is community, not competition. And, you know, one is because I care about my community, but two, also understand that the, the concept of, uh, you know, crabs in their barrel is very real. You know, a lot of people, they feel like, you know, if they see somebody else winning or eating in the same field as them that is taken off of their plate,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when it's like, you have to think about the bigger picture. Um, if There's like, yo, there's a bunch of emerging photographers coming from Detroit, the, What's going to happen is more people are going to start looking for that in Detroit, they're gonna say, like, Oh, Detroit has a great industry for that. I'm going there, I'm looking for that from that place. So now there's more work coming to the city as opposed to you tearing other people down, if you open it up, now there's more and more for all of us to eat, you Mm. know? So it's like, yo, if there's another clothing brand that comes out, you know, I I co-own a a sneaker cleaning brand in Detroit, you know, like we're not the only one in Detroit though, you know, kind of thing. So it's like, we don't talk down or necessarily compete with one another. It's just like, yo, like now there's a culture of getting your sneaker cleaned in Detroit that we can all kind of like feed into and grow as opposed to just saying like, yo, well, that's a whole different brand, they a competitor, I'm not rocking with them. It's like, yo, no, like, that's cool. They go do their thing, it's not gonna look like ours, it's gonna be a different aesthetic, you know, kind of thing. We go have our own thing going on, we, we go move different, you know, nobody can move the way that you move mm-hmm. or whatever, <clears throat> but it's having that mentality that's like, yo, like, it's, it's enough bread out here for all of us to eat, right? So it's like, you really just have to like, Consider that when you're thinking about the industry that you're in and how it's growing within your market. So, uh, Detroit—it's—it's it's a lot that's beautiful uh, to me, you know. But it's definitely the culture, it's definitely the people, you know. And it's definitely—you um, know—it's something that I, I love watching grow.
0: You fascinate me. I think it, it's so dope that you, obviously every morning you're you're thinking about community and you're thinking about. Just ways to uplift the people you're surrounding yourself with, which is super dope. And right now, like, it's not something that a lot of people are doing, unfortunately. And you mentioned, I, I want to pose this question: uh, the you have two people of color on this episode. Do you think that the problem of, or the, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna use the word problem. Do you think the problem of kind of gatekeeping something or saying something's whack because it's the same thing that that somebody else is working on or that you're working on, do you think that comes from generations of just, like, only one person can do that, a type of person can do that, specifically a white person can do that?
1: Yeah, so I hate the concept of gatekeepers, right? Um, Yep. I think it, it just, I think it just, it hurts and it stifles the creativity, Um, like across the board, whether you talk about music industry, you talk about fashion industry, um, things, things have to change and things are gonna change. Um, And I think that, to be honest with you, like, I feel like if you, if you're like an OG in your culture or your industry of what you do, I feel like you have like a responsibility to steward in the next generation yep um so yes i do think that that gatekeeper mentality hurts because there has been a concept of like yo i need to be the only one if there's another one it's hurting me it's hurting my business um yes or maybe it has been something that has been uh reserved or black people have been like excluded from i definitely see all of those things um like even with myself I've had a lot of experience with that. When I was trying to host my very, very first events, um, I went to different places that they shut me down, right? Um, I went to different people for sponsors, and I wasn't even asking them for money to sponsor my event. I was just asking for presence. I was just trying to bring the culture together. So mm-hmm. free sponsorship, free exposure, free you know uh, networking. Didn't ask for no money, didn't ask for nothing. You know, I have people who never replied to me uh, when I reached out to them. Um, and then as I elevated through the culture for my own, um, through my own work and my own memes, a lot of those same people are on my line now, you know, kind of thing, you know, are trying to tap in with me. Hey, Don, was good? You know, they didn't, you know, but I also understand, like, I understand business in the sense of like, everybody is not a peer. Everybody is not a friend. Everybody does not think the way that I do. So I, I don't hold the grudge in the sense of like, oh, no, bro, don't talk to me because you didn't, you know, you you didn't reply to me five years ago or something like that. You know, I'm like, no, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? I understand. Like, you didn't have a reason to now. I'm going to still consider that and keep you at a certain distance. But, you know, I'm not going to let anyone take advantage of me, uh, you know, kind of thing. So I think when it comes to that mentality, one thing I'll say, because I will get a lot of questions about this, is like, how did you do this or how did you start that you know like even before i had my position with footlocker when i was just doing events on my own and what i would tell people is that you don't the gatekeeper mentality is just that it's a mentality it's not in my opinion it's not real so i think if you want to do something and you have an idea for something you have to just do it you might not have the resources or the support that you want but if it's something that you want to see start or do you just have to figure out how to do it somebody says no or somebody's not rocking with you and you just abandon that idea or that thought in my mind did you really ever want to do it Mm -hmm. If that's all it took for you to to you know to 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 kind of end that it's like did you really want to do it right or even when it's not a gatekeeper even if it's just a friend like oh i want to start a business with my best friend and they're dragging their feet because it's maybe not something they really want to do so you just never do it it's like well is just as much your fault now, right, you know, kind of thing. So I think that when it comes to the gatekeeper mentality, it's like, sweet. If you have people you want to tap into or get support of and they're there for you, dope. But I think that if they're not giving you that, that you you can't quit there, you know, kind of thing. I think you do need to critique yourself, though, and think about why am I not getting in to support, sometimes it could just be jealousy. Sometimes your stuff is literally just not that good. And you need to go back to the drawing board and figure out how to make it better. Um, You know, <clears throat> so it's levels to it for sure. But I think that when it comes to like the gatekeeper mentality, it's like, you have to overcome that by doing, you know, so if it's something that you're really passionate about, you got to pursue that.
0: You mentioned, obviously, you had people not answer your your emails or your texts or calls or anything like that. When you're first starting out, obviously it's a tough thing to kind of deal with mentally, and when, especially when you're just so passionate about something. So how did you battle through that?
1: Yeah, I I battled through it by I was I guess I was so passionate that I was like, well, this is gonna happen, you know, like <laughs> one way What's or that? the other. You don't know understand? I'm, I'm like, I just need to figure out something else. And I did think about, I took a step back and thought about why I wasn't getting that, right? So if it was like, yo, oh, I get it. You know, i thought back on some of the conversations when I went to places and asked if I could have my event there. And they would ask me stuff like, is this your first event? Have you done this before? You know, um, and I'm I'm there, I'm bright eyed and I'm enthusiastic, but I get it. They're taking the risk. Why would I want to do this event with this kid? I never met him before. You know what i'm saying i've never even seen his work before right so it's like yo i have to go out and create the work i have to give it's a difference between knowing your worth and proving it right mm-hmm. so if i'm like yo like i know i'm the the best at something it's like that's cool prove it though how, how do i know that you know what i'm saying it's like you walk up to me and tell me like you're the best videographer in the city but if i go to your page i don't see of your work you don't have a website you know <clears throat> Or something like that, where I can't I can't validate this. You don't know what I'm saying, kind of thing. I'm taking the risk by spending my money or my time on whatever this project is, and you know how 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 am I how am I going to be certain that it's coming back? You know, so one thing I'll ask my my friends a lot is like, yo, like if the opportunity came that you think you're waiting on, like if that that one thing you need to happen happen right now, you needed to meet. A A&R or a record producer that you really like, or something like that, or you just needed that one shot, if you got it right now, would you really be ready for it? And as you could imagine, most people's answer is yes, right? They're like, of course, I would, yeah, I would be so ready. But it's like, no, 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 that isn't. The question is around, do you want this to happen right now? The question is around, are you ready for it? Mm. <clears throat> right? So if you're a, a music, if you're a rapper or a singer, and you meet Kanye West, right? It, can you go to your YouTube page and show him the quality of work that you're able to put out? Can you play your music for him on a dope format that they can listen to? You know, like followers are flexible; they come and go. But like the quality and the content of what you want to do and what you put out, that that says something, you know. So like, whether I had four thousand followers or four hundred, you know, kind of thing, I had to consider that like this is what what my platform looks like. you right. And it's like, when I realized I wasn't getting um, <clears throat> feedback or attention or collaboration through some of the people I wanted to I was like, oh, it's because they don't see the value in it. They don't see the value in me yet. You know what I'm saying? So I had to figure out ways to change that, you know, and that comes from pouring more into yourself, you know, so expanding the things you don't know, you know, like, my very early designs were not very good. <laughs> you know, like, I had to sit back and look at that i had to get better at it so i took my time to figure out like yeah like i'm gonna spend a few hours on youtube learning how to use illustrator yeah <laughs> you know kind of thing or it's like yeah like i want to learn how to design logos cool you know what i'm saying i designed logos and flyers for a sneaker boutique in in ferndale michigan you know um to the point where i was even when i didn't have a job i was able to access my income from doing graphic design on the side i didn't have a degree i don't have a degree in graphic design you know what I'm saying kind of thing. But it's like I use those opportunities to get better. You know, I think so it's like you can't go into things thinking like, anybody owes you anything either. You know, Uh, you have to consider like, yo, is what is the reason I'm not getting is the quality of my work out there? Am I not doing something that I could be doing? And that's ongoing, even when you are there or growing or whatever, or even if you think you're in a good spot, you still need to critique yourself and continue to be better.
0: When we, uh, obviously in in journeys, whether you're a young professional, student, or even right now in in your current journey, there's there's a lot of comparison. And uh, you talk to certain people and they think comparison is terrible, and you talk to other people and they think it's, it's great and it's something to learn from. So if you do compare yourself to people, who is it? And this can be either personally or professionally.
1: Yeah, so I definitely compare myself. Um, I think it's something that we all kind of do. I think it's just like nature, like it's people. Yeah. Um, and I hear you on this, like some people are like, no, you shouldn't do that. <clears throat> but um, I look at people who I like, I compare myself to people I admire, like within the industry, even if it's something that I'm not necessarily in, I find something to admire about them and compare it that way you know, so my favorite rapper is Currency. Um, lots of people like Currency, but I love his music because I love his drive, right? He was mm. able to create a lane for himself by just being himself, right? <clears throat> um, and he was able to establish that, you know, he came from an era where like, the music he was making was not, <laughs> people weren't ready for it, they weren't listening to it yet, you know what I'm saying? So he was on cash money and no limit he doesn't sound anything like those guys but he found real successes when he decided to just move on his own and create his own lane so he makes the music that he wants to make now he makes his own apparel that he wants to make and he wants to see now it looks the stuff his brand puts out looks like how he dresses you know kind of thing it's like you can tell it's very authentic and so when i think about things sometimes like yo, am i doing something uh just for bread or just for money or am i staying true to who i want to be i'm comparing myself to people who i admire in those ways you know i think about you know people frown upon having a nine to five they're like if you really you're entrepreneur you just got to jump off the porch and do it you know kind of thing what they don't tell you is that everybody's journey is different so work for them might not work for you so it's like yo i can't compare myself to someone who's been like oh i've actually worked in corporate for 10 or 15 years I saved up a bunch of money. I was able to quit my job or do whatever because, right? You you maybe you had a six figure job for the last ten years, and you were able to do and maneuver in a way that maybe I'm not ready for, it. <clears throat> you know. But then I look at people like uh, Virgil Abloh and Yoon Ambush. Um, they're people who have their own brands, right? You know, Off White and Ambush, but they all they also have these very corporate design positionings with like, you know, Virgil also does Louie, you know, you um, and Ambush also does Dior, jury design for Dior, right? You know what I'm saying? So like, they have their own brand, they're able to maneuver in their own space as an entrepreneur. But they also have this position or this career in which it accents the um, uh, the field that they're, you know, creative in as an entrepreneur. And that's something that also fear. I'm like, yo, it's dope. Like one, I love the sneaker culture. I'm able to have this corporate positioning in it, but I also am able to invest and use the money I make from my job and my career to invest into my sneaker cleaning business, my apparel business. And I can grow those at my time. So like for a lot of us as minorities, we don't have, not all of us, right? But we're working toward having better credit and finances. So like, yo, I consider my job, my small business loan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's like, yo, I'm able to pour this into everything else I want to do. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? I'm able to explore the things I want to creatively that I might not be able to do at work, but I'm also able to leverage the relationships and people and the things I do for work, you know, in my entrepreneur life, in my job, you know. Uh, so it's it's, 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 I think it's okay to compare yourself, but I think you also have to be real with yourself, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And And where you are. As a person, both in your creative and in your professional career,
0: we uh, obviously we we started the podcast off with uh, people using and not using the hood term, but I'm going to use it. When you call yourself a sneakerhead, uh, what what was the shoe that really did it for you?
1: So my favorite sneaker is uh, Jordan Retro Sixes particularly okay. the varsity red color, not the infrared, but the varsity red, the darker color. Um, I think they came out around 2010, maybe, was the, the the most recent one. So I actually have a pair, but obviously they're like 11 years old, right? So I can't yeah. really wear them. <laughs> um, but I love that I had that shoe in my collection. Um, like retro basketball is what inspired my whole thing. So there used to be this website, right? It was called, the history of flight, it was mm-hmm. a Jordan website, right? And you could click on the different Jordan model numbers, and it would show you the design history behind them. Yep. So to be like, Oh, hey, like the Jordan six has this tab on the back, but it's also like resembles the spoiler off the Porsche that Jordan drove at the time. And I was like, what? That's crazy? Or like, <laughs> Oh, like, there's this tribal print on the bottom that resembles African art, you know, like I would I would like nerd out over it like yo like this is so cool to me you know what i'm saying and seeing like colorways inspired by different moments along like his uh basketball career's journey like oh like unc blue and all these different things you know i was like man this is crazy like you know and i and i saw that that was a common theme between like uh sneaker designers right that they would they're they're really really designers you know what i'm saying it's like they're putting a lot into the materials and the fabrics that they use, you know, but Jordan's were for sure, Jordan sixes were for sure the shoe that made me like, yo, yeah, I love this bro, you know, kind of thing. And it's also like retro basketball sneakers, man, like just that 90s era of shoes, like some people don't like them because they're bulky or they're outdated looking, Mm -hmm. it's whatever. I'm one of the people who are like, you're not tired of buying the same shoes every time they come out? I'm like, no, I'm not. I will buy I'll buy I will buy fire red fives every time they drop them I'll buy Jordan threes every time they come out I don't care I will I ever want all of them like I got like two or three pairs of certain things you know from you know every different retro yeah or whatever you know kind of thing and it's like I love it like I'm good you know get you know what did they say one the rock one the stock so if I got I got a pair of bread elevens and you know, from the the older release, you know, the new release that comes out, I wanted to get that too. So it's like, yeah, I can put my old ones up and I can exactly. rock these, you feel me? So it's like, no, nah, for me, it's ongoing.
0: I feel it. I got one more question for you. Yes, what sir. A, what makes you strange on purpose?
1: <laughs> it's, it's, I, I think it's strange on purpose because I, I can admit to nerding out over things like, sneaker designs and colorways, and not feel no type of way about it. <laughs> right? Like, I'm, I'm intentional with it. I love it. Um, but also, I think just being um, you being unique and being true to yourself. Um, it, it takes a lot of purpose in that. And you know, it takes a lot of like, confidence in that as well. Um, but I also think those are the things that make us, you know, unique and creative and able to explore the different things that we want to do, you know, so whether it is a small business, you know, kind of thing, whether it's, you know, a career that you want to pursue, you got to find that part of you that's strange, right, or different, you know, mm-hmm. but really like feed into that, you know, and really like dive into that, um, you know, because it's something that nobody else has, it's something nobody can take from you. I love
0: that working where, uh, where If somebody really vibes with this episode, where the where can people find you? Where can people
1: check out your work? Yes, sir. Hit me up on Instagram, man. Just uh, staylaced, underscore, Don. Um, you can also follow a lot of the, my brands or pages that I like work on or manage are within my bio. But definitely follow me there and follow me at Clean Sneaker Care and Wins Brand. Again, both of those are in my bio. So you can check it out. You can see the work that we're doing um, on the more of my entrepreneur side. Uh, as far as like the work that I do with uh, Foot Locker, uh, right now, the the main pages you should be checking out are for Locker, Detroit and Foot Locker, Chicago. Um, you know, the Detroit page has been up for some time, so you can see a lot of the dope content, events, and uh, community opportunities that we've been able to do there. And a lot of new stuff is coming from the, uh, the Chicago page as well, so definitely check those out.
0: Dope. Well, Don, I appreciate you jumping on the Stranger On Purpose podcast, and I'm excited to see how things go post-COVID.
1: Man, me too. Me too. (laughs) Things are opening up a bit, you know, things are opening up a bit, but definitely excited to get past this at some point, man. So I hear you.
0: Honesty Hour. I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast, and I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Thank you for listening to the Strange On Purpose podcast. As always, if you enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes before, please like, review, follow the podcast on Instagram, drop a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you check us out. Helps the podcast grow immensely. So I appreciate you. I could not do this without you.